Welcome to the Unpacking Sunday podcast, where we take a deeper look at what God is speaking to you, to our church, and to the world around us. So grab a coffee, sit back, and let's unpack it together. Lights, camera, action, and let's unpack that. All right. <laughs> Mike, how's you, it going? You always start like that. I do. Yeah. I feel like it. Ne- there needs to be some consistency right. in our episode. Right. So. If there was one thing that people can count on, all right. it's that Josh is going to say all right at the start of the episode. It's going to get you. Yeah. It'll really in. So we just had, we had a fun Sunday. We did. This week. Alex Pache, our youth minister, hosted the service. Guy's quite the comedian, hey? He got us going. It's got a he's got a bit of humor in there. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he's really genuine. That's what oh, yeah. that's the one thing I appreciated about him this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. When he got up there, it was just it was all heart. Yeah, super authentic. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I liked about it. That's so, good. Actually, thank he's you, in Alex. the right role as a youth minister too. I remember uh what what it, I think it was either Landry or Ben at one point uh-huh. had said one of the most difficult things about being a youth minister, a youth pastor, is if in any way you like are saying something that you might not personally believe, mm-hmm. they'll see right through it and they'll, th- they'll eat you alive. Yeah. In- yeah. Authenticity. They'll see the inauthenticity. Yeah. They'll sniff it out. So yeah. every other role you can be as Oh, yeah. You can you get want. through anything. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah that's exactly kidding. what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. No, no, but, but it is Alex important. Is a great guy. It's important for young people. Yeah. Yeah. Of so course. he did a great job and we had fun. We uh, were in Romans chapter four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we wrapped it up, right? We wrapped it up we just really quick at the end. A little bonus. I wasn't, the end there. There. I wasn't yeah. sure <laughs> if we were going to go there, but then we went there. But we did. Even the title, like, because I usually just like title it at the top, like the section that we're reading. Mm-hmm. And it said, like, Romans chapter 4, 13 to 17, or maybe until the uh, end. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were just going to feel out where it went. I think we're just ready for Romans 5. It fit it's well. It's so good. Yeah, we're ready for Romans it. 5 is going to be fun. So we're going to close out our talk on Romans 4 today. Yeah, so tell me, what did you learn at church this week? Uh, I thought it was interesting what you were talking about with the comparisons between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we talked first as a little recap for everybody who maybe wasn't at the service um, or maybe fell asleep. You can catch it online. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, like, if we, they fell asleep. Do we call them out? Yikes. Yeah, <laughs> we won't say any names. We won't say any names. You know who you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we were talking about um, the idea that regardless of whether you're under the, the old covenant, the Mosaic law, or whether you're under the, the new covenant through Jesus Christ, um, the the necessary element for righteousness and for relationship with God is simply trusting and putting your faith in God. It's obeying God, regardless of which covenant you're under. Hmm. And we looked at the example of Abraham for that. Um, That even as Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, he came to fulfill it. Mm -hmm. It's still been the same standard. And that standard is, do you put your faith in God? Um, Because we looked at how Abraham, he even operated, obviously, Uh, at a time before the Mosaic law was established. So it Mm -hmm. couldn't have been that through the law, you can find right relationship with God. Right. It always had to be through faith. Um, And that's an interesting topic. I don't Hmm. think we talk about that much. So I really like that. Well, lots of people, they, they have this understanding that the old Testament was all about the law. Right. And that the Israelites were going to 
it seems silly to say once we've been through so much of Romans now, but they thought they think like God's people were going to earn their way to God. That's what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, that is what they were trying to do. Yeah. They didn't understand that it's actually just by faith. Mm -hmm. Right. And God gave other examples, even once the law was there of how to live by faith. Right. Mm. Um, I know in the beginnings class, we talk about one story of faith, right. Mm. About um, a bronze serpent on a pole. Right. And right. right, If you would just by faith, look at it. Yeah. You'd be healed. You would be saved. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so there are these so many examples, archetypes of what was ultimately going to come in Jesus Christ. Yeah. uh, For just putting your faith in God. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we're reminded time and time and time again that the law is not going to save us. The law only reminds us how badly we need saving. Right. Yeah. Right. That's its its intention. And that doesn't make the law bad. Paul also talks about that in Romans. That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that the law is a waste. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it did exactly what it was supposed to do. Yeah. Right. It compels us if we have a right understanding of it to trust God Mm -hmm. as the only way. Mm. Right. The problem is, um, that we try Which to I, use it to yeah. somehow prove to God that we're worthy right. of being near him or close to him, which, of course, we never can be. We right, can't and it got, it, it got really mixed up for the Jewish people, right? Mm. Because even they would use these words almost interchangeably, and right. faithfulness was not equated with trusting God despite what our life looked like. Faithfulness was equated with your ability to follow the law to the to T. Adhere. yeah. To right? And they actually added all these extra laws. Like right. as time went on, by yeah. the time we get to the New Testament, that's why it became so oppressive for mm-hmm, people, mm-hmm. right? Because they really, and I'm not saying this as a, I'm saying this just in a simple term, but they lived in fear of um, transgressing the law. So they added all these other laws to make sure that they stayed far away from right. the boundary. Yeah. Right. They put so, a fence around it that got so yeah. far away that it encompassed right. most of their lives. So that there was never a chance that they would ever break the law, yeah. right? In hopes that then they would be seen as righteous before God. But then but that in was, doing that, they're yeah. actually breaking the law right. because so they're not trusting in God. Right. They're trusting in their own The ability. only thing we're required yeah. to do is believe that what God says is true. Yeah. And for us, it means believing ultimately that the work of Jesus Christ was sufficient for us and it still is sufficient for us today. Mm. Right. And so before the coming of Jesus, it was trusting that there was one to come who would, who right. would pay the price for yeah, us. Which right. Read about through the prophets. Yeah. And, you yeah. read it. Right. And that that's what it meant was to hold out hope for that. And that's mm-hmm. still what we're doing today is we're holding out hope and yeah. faith in faith, believing yeah. that what God says is true, that I'm, forgiven of my sin and that i even starting now right am walking in the fullness of life with him despite and it's, al- it's already walking in victory yeah. like I, I i love this analogy I, I can't even remember who told it to me but it's always the way that i've kind of pictured what our relationship looks like now mm-hmm. and it's the, the classic kind of world war ii analogy mm. that like once the allies had landed um in normandy all everybody knew that the war was over mm-hmm. everybody knew there was no way um, for, for, you know, Germany to, to rise again and to, to overwhelm everybody else. They knew the, 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 the end was near, right? But right. it still took another year of, of hmm. fighting, of battling right. to ultimately uh, defeat this enemy. Right. And so we kind of live in this time now. You know, the, the Normandy landing is kind of synonymous with Jesus rising from the dead. We already live in victory. We already know 
what the end is going to look like. Mm. But we still have to carry out. We still have to walk in this time for now until his second coming, until his return. Right. And so this means living by faith and not by sight, which mm-hmm. is what we talked about so much on Sunday. Yeah. Right. Is just every single day, you know, and it feels funny, but we just read what the Bible says. But like we said this also a few weeks ago, we talked about living by faith when we first mentioned Abraham in Romans 4, 1 to 3 was that Abraham is counted righteous because he believed God, mm-hmm. right? That's the main thing. And so how do we live in light of this righteousness that we have is to continue to believe God, mm-hmm. right? We continue to live by faith. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, yeah so, so good. That's a really good recap. A uh, very good. Yeah, so that's what recap. we mean. Yeah, yeah, it's always been the same thing, right? Yeah, Righteousness yeah. by faith. So now there's three areas that I was hoping we can kind of expand on a little bit from your sermon. All right. And it was all uh, focused on the idea that there was kind of these moments in the Old Testament where uh, people, you know, they would have to do an animal sacrifice in order Hmm. to be considered righteous, but then that would only last for so long Hmm. Um, because ultimately they would sin again and they need to do it again, right? So they they had this moment of righteousness under the Old Testament, but now Hmm. we have something called the fullness of righteousness. That's how you put it in Hmm. your sermon. So can you maybe break down what that means for us to to live in the fullness of righteousness? Sure. I think it's just remembering, like we've kind of alluded to already, is this idea that... um, like once for all time, mm. we have been um, forgiven and justified before God. And so whereas in the Old Testament, they would have received righteousness or justification, right standing before God, declared innocent, mm-hmm. all the same mm-hmm. kind of words that we're using when they presented an animal sacrifice or when one was uh, presented on their behalf or whatever. Right. But I mean, that was not sufficient for their lives. Right. That's why people did it over and over and over and over again. Mm. Right. Because it caused the wrath of God to turn away from your sin so long as you didn't sin Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. And so that's the difference. And the gift that is ours in Christ Jesus is that now we have the fullness of what that looks like. Right. So that makes sense. And we also talked about two other ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about how in the Old Testament they had these experiences of closeness with God where he would um, kind of come into the world in, in various forms, right? Like burning bush or uh, in, in whatever way through the, the still quiet voice. I think mm-hmm. you also mentioned in your sermon. But now we have something called the fullness of communion with God hmm. through the paraclete, through uh, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So do you want to break down a little bit what, what that means to what that difference looks like? Sure. Yeah. And I mean, you'll see this like if you ever do Alpha too, but I just love how they say it so succinctly. But like the Holy Spirit came to specific people at specific times for specific tasks in the Old Old Testament. Testament, Right. Mm -hmm. And God visited people or came upon people in a similar way. Right. Mm. Like you mentioned a few theophanies that happened, which is God showing up in a physical, tangible way. Right. Like the burning bush. Mm -hmm. So we see this kind of way that God is guiding people. Right. Um, but the amazing thing is that now we have been given this gift. Jesus says that there's one coming after him who actually, uh, like is better Mm. for us Mm. than he was, right? Because he walks with us all the time while Jesus was here in a physical form to some specific people. The Holy Spirit is here for all believers Mm. walking with us for our whole lives. And so that's what I mean. This fullness of communion with God, where it's like, I don't have to walk to a temple. I don't need to, um, 
I don't need to do certain things. I don't need to wait to talk to a certain person to Mm. speak to God on my behalf. None of that needs to happen, right? Mm. But like the fullness of God in the person of the Holy Spirit resides in me, goes before me, walks beside me, and follows along behind me. And so, like, this is a gift from God, mm. right? And so, it, do I need guidance? Do I need comfort? Do I need um, understanding of something? God is here to mm. provide those things for me. Mm-hmm. So, this isn't me ever saying, don't go to church. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. <laughs> right, because some people want to say that, They're like, too, great, right? yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> need sad, to I'm be free. in... Yeah, yeah, that's not what I'm saying. So, what... Okay, the last one that we talked about was power. Um, there's like these instances and you didn't go into the old Testament version of the instances of power in your sermon, Mm. but we obviously see like these moments where, you know, the, the Holy spirit will come upon certain people, um, give them power to do amazing things. Mm -hmm. Um, like Samson, for example. And then now the difference under the, the new covenant, the benefit I think is the word that you use Mm -hmm. is that we have the power to conquer death and sin. Um, by virtue of our of our faith in Jesus Christ, who who did it on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what is like kind of what does that mean to be able to walk that out, uh, mm-hmm. that power? Because you said I think um, what we see in the Old Testament in certain moments is is the these manifestations of power, but in the New Testament we see it in in more of a spiritual form. So, what does that kind of look like in the New Testament, walking out? Um, in that new newfound power, in that benefit of power. Mm-hmm. You're kind of smooshing a whole paragraph of the I sermon am. together. I am. I'm pulling yeah. some ideas together. I like the word smooshing, so I, I really too. wanted to use it. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying, what I said on Sunday is that we have the same power that raised Christ from mm-hmm. the dead, mm-hmm. now living and active in our lives, right? Yeah. And I mean, that comes from scripture mm-hmm. that believers that's what we have we have access to that and it's not that we do it it's that god does it through us we're Mm -hmm. the tools in god's hands to accomplish his work here on earth Mm -hmm. and so um your first your question is sorry i missed the question no worries uh let's even make it personal what does it look like for you to walk in that oh in this power that we now have that has been given and, and earned for you by jesus right yeah it means that i can ask god for the things that i need and that i can expect god to use me in significant ways mm. um so i mean yeah whether it's a need for me or my family it means i can pray for things that are miraculous mm. um because we still believe that God can do the miraculous. I know you might want to touch base on another thing that I said, but we'll get to that. <laughs> but uh, we believe that God can do miraculous things. Right. But that it's that God does it, right? Yeah. And even in understanding that it's like the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It's not me. Yeah. I didn't do that. God did that. And now that power resides in me so that I can still expect that where I go, that God can do the same kind of work. Mm. Right. Um, but again, it's not us yeah. that does the work. No, of course. So. We just need to yeah, put our faith in, in the grace that came from him first. Sure. Yeah. Um, while we're on kind of this idea mm-hmm. of saved by grace through faith mm-hmm. that we like to talk about. Yeah. So this idea of Jesus and the work that he's done. Um, I had a very interesting conversation with uh, somebody in the lobby this past week. And we were chatting... Um, I don't know if this person is like a Muslim background believer, but it it was a kind of an idea that we often hear from people who have grown up in kind of that context and then Mm -hmm. are, are seeking and finding 
um, a relationship with God. Um, and his kind of idea, maybe an area that, that he found to be a little bit of a stumbling block with Christianity was the idea that, that Jesus is actually God. Hmm. Um, and so we started off the conversation. It was great. He was a super friendly guy and, and we were getting into it and he was, uh, yeah, he was like, yeah, these are some areas I'm not too sure about. And then we kind of talked about, you know, the titles that Jesus called himself mm-hmm. or the titles that other people put on him, you know, son of man, son of David, Lord, God, uh, in John 1, 18. Um, and then we were kind of getting into the idea that this is this gentleman's belief that, um, just because Jesus is the pathway to God, the pathway to all these things we've been talking about, righteousness, communion, power over sin and death, doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that he is God. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting thought. Uh, and then we, we kind of got into the idea of, oh, um, what, does it, what does the work on the cross and resurrection mean if Jesus was merely a person? And then, then the service started. So mm-hmm. we had to hop out of that good mm-hmm. combo and hop in. But I thought, why don't, why don't we just kind of bring it to you? Because we've talked about this idea of saved by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. So saved by God through Jesus. And so this guy had kind of uh, pictured Jesus as, as merely a conduit to God rather mm-hmm. than a part of God himself. So maybe could you clarify what that kind of relationship looks like? Well, we have one God that exists in three people, mm-hmm. right? So that's what we get this doctrine of the Trinity. And I mean, in a one podcast where we have like five to eight minutes <laughs> left. Yeah. Break it down in the next 30 seconds. We are not going to get into a, like a full doctrine of the Trinity. Yeah. It's, it's no, a course. huge thing. Yeah. But we have to understand that one God exists in three distinct persons Mm -hmm. right and one of those is jesus christ who's the son of god Mm -hmm. right and so the son of god always existed right ever since the creation of yeah Yeah, ever because god was never created yeah (laughs) and but he came to earth in a bodily form yeah right so this was like god putting on humanity so that he could show up. Do you like that? Well, I, you know, I like emptied himself. But I know yeah. you hate that. Yeah. So, so we don't, it's okay. Anyway, <laughs> either way, the Bible uses both of those things. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. So he puts on this likeness of man, right? Yeah. And he lives here among us. And so your question is just like unpack that. Yeah. yeah. How, how, how can we view Jesus as like, or why is it incorrect maybe to simply, not that he doesn't do this, but he's so much more than this. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and he is the pathway to right relationship with God, but it doesn't end there. He's also God. He's also like a part of God himself. So it's also putting yourself in right relationship with Jesus. So mm-hmm. yeah, what, 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 would, what would your response be to somebody who has kind of some of these objections? What is the objection? The objection? Okay. Yeah, like what is the actual objection? The objection, I'll just say it in the most clear way. Okay. Jesus is not God. Jesus is just a pathway oh, to God. Okay. That's what they're saying. That's what, yeah. And then so we were, it was a very interesting conversation. But what, what would your kind of response to that be? Yeah, well, I think like the fullness of what was accomplished for us couldn't have happened if Jesus wasn't God, mm-hmm. right? Like um, he wouldn't have come and been able to live a sinless life. Therefore, he couldn't have been able to die for my sins. Mm-hmm. Um, he also... Um, Okay, let's start with those two. This is a big question. It's a big question. I was like, oh, this yeah. is happening in the next five minutes in the lobby. Yeah. Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think like there is so much inherent in the like in our salvation story that couldn't 
have been accomplished by a man. Right. Right. And then also remembering like that Jesus calls himself mm-hmm. the son of God. Right. Which means along with many other things that he calls himself, like, um, who is it that says it? Like C.S. Lewis, I think talks about that. Like, well, he could have been completely crazy, mm. which it's been proven that he was, he wasn't crazy. So much of what he said and did were real things that actually came to, uh, came to happen. That he had no right? control so he, over yeah. too. So, so he like, wasn't crazy. Yeah. He yeah. wasn't a liar. That's the other option. Mm-hmm. He could have been a liar, but same thing. So much of what he said and did were true. Right. Being born in Nazareth. Right? Like, and so if somebody that. says that they're the son of God and right. it is proven that they're not crazy and they're not lying, then the only other option is that they, they are? are the person that they say they are. Mm. So, I mean, we also see all these signs and wonders that show us that Jesus really is the son of God, mm-hmm. you know? So well, what do you think, Josh? Like, where did you land on Sunday? Yeah, well, it was great. I mean, I think this is kind of a, it's a murky area because some people, obviously, I don't think it's a murky area, but this is why some people might uh, not necessarily align Jesus with God. Um, And we see this in Judaism also. Um, they, They kind of say that, Oh, he never like called himself God. Hmm. There's no verse where Jesus says, I am Yahweh. Hmm. Um, he, I mean, he says all these other monikers that obviously fulfill what the Israelites believed uh, the coming Savior Messiah would be, son of David, son of man. Um, he says to Pontius, uh, you say I am, right? Yeah. Which is obviously a throwback to I am who I am, uh, which is what God names himself. Um, so we have... With our critical thinking, we have, like, it's pretty obvious, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think. Um, and also, like, the big thing for me is Jesus wasn't crucified because he said he was a good teacher. Mm. He was crucified because he claimed to be the son of God. He right. said the only way to the Father is through me. If you want to know what God's like, look at me. Right. Um, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Um, well, yeah. and, who, and who would do that if it wasn't true? Like, who would go to the cross for something that wasn't actually true? Oh, yeah. No, I certainly wouldn't. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, I didn't think you would call my bluff. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. No, so, I mean, it was a great conversation. I hope to see him again. He, he seemed to really enjoy the service, but I just thought it was interesting how, because we've been talking about this idea of saved by grace through faith mm-hmm. and how they're both essential elements for a relationship with God. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I have. <laughs> You have anything else, Mike? How do you want to close this out today? Yeah, you want to bring it back. So we got there from we're saved by grace through faith. Yeah, right? we got there by looking at what the New Testament promise is, mm-hmm. right? When looking at the old versus the new, um, the similarities, and then also the differences, which would be the benefits of, of fullness of righteousness, fullness of communion, um, and the power to conquer death and sin through Jesus Christ. That's kind of how we got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To is Jesus the Son of God? Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to tie it in. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting conversation. <laughs> it was on your mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I hope you've All enjoyed right. this yeah. week's episode as we've gone a little off the rails here, but um, you know what? We're here for a good time and for a long time. So to we unpack Sunday. We and have that time was to part unpack of Sunday, Sunday, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, if you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you, and we hope to uh, to see you soon. Thank you.
Unpacking Sunday is a podcast of Carover Road Christian Fellowship Church. If you have any questions or discussion topics, please email us at unpackingsunday at crcfchurch.com or visit our website at crcfchurch.com.